there. Welcome to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. We're excited to be with you this afternoon as we discuss all the topics that are pertinent, if you will, to women today. We want to talk about those little questions that are keeping you up at night, the situations that are making you toss and turn or otherwise get stressed out. I like to say we're taking on the world, but you know we can't do that every week, so we're just going to get real about some of the most important topics affecting women today. So I hope you'll get comfortable and don't forget to come back each week, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss one helpful idea that might change your life. So that said, what we're going to do today, this is crucial. So I might even suggest that you get some pen and paper to write this down. Now, one of the reasons that I started Pink Passport Society was my concern about women and their financial future, because even though great strides have been made, at the end of the day, women are not being paid, number one, the same as men, and number two, they're definitely not being paid as much as they're worth, even for the same work. It's scandalous. So recently, the uh, we had the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act, which passed in 2009, which was to address the situation. But like anything, wow, that is, that's a really long time ago for us to still be having this conversation. In my opinion, women are still behind the eight ball when it comes to earnings in the workplace. One reason is because we're historically not savvy negotiators. And, you know, if you start off behind the eight ball, if you will, because you didn't get the money up front to start with, that means your increases are not actually keeping up because you started off behind, if you will. What we wanna talk about today is how to negotiate and when. When at work and earn what you are worth. In order to get paid what you deserve, you need to know how to articulate your contributions to the bottom line, because essentially that's all businesses care about. What is it you can do for me and how can you grow our bottom line? How can you improve everything at work so that we're making more and by extension, ideally you would make more. This is such an important topic that I'm going to turn it over to the expert, if you will. I have um, want to remind you that Cecilia Benford is a leadership coach and she is going to take the lead on this conversation and I will of course make my own contributions, but I really want you to hunker down and get comfortable as we talk about how to negotiate and win. Cecilia, it's all yours. Thank you for that great buildup because everything you said is absolutely correct. And women, this topic is really important to you. It's important for all of us. One of the things that I've learned along the way is you have to provide some context for people, give the background, really let people start feeling it before you start giving some specifics. And so as Larissa talked about the things that affect women today, the world, business, uh, any opportunities, they're always going to evolve. But sometimes if you're not careful, you will be left behind. And the thing that we just recently experienced really has caused a lot of women to take not only one step backwards, but maybe five steps back because the pandemic really highlighted the inequity in women's pay. 
I don't know what percentage I've seen the percentage changes a lot, but there's a pretty big percentage of women who were forced to leave the workforce because of the pandemic, most not by choice. And so that in and of itself will affect what some of the strides have been. Um, just want to give you like, what does this mean to you, not only for the short term, but also for the long term? The economic challenge is where women typically start at a deficit. We can be the smartest women, we can have everything together, but if we're not compensated for what we're worth, what does this do to you, bottom line, correct? Whether you are a server or a driver, administrator, supporter, management level, you know, this affects all of us. In the federal government, we are seeing that women are receiving a larger proportion of all appointments, as well as appointments of positions of higher salaries and importance. However, oftentimes the amounts are not commensurate in terms of equal pay for equal level of positions. Now that information is a little bit more readily apparent because when it's federal, that information is public information. However, corporations, you may not see that. We just know that sometimes it's implied and then sometimes somebody will share that information. So again, why is this important to you? I wanna give you some statistics before we get into specifics of negotiating, okay? You may be surprised that only 37% of people actually negotiate their salaries. Now think about that. Here you are thinking you're worth something only 37% negotiate their salaries. 18% never negotiate. 44% claim that when they talked about a raise doing a performance feedback, they didn't think about negotiating. It was sort of a, here's your feedback, here's your performance. And if you're doing so well, shouldn't there be some negotiation with your salary? How about, let's break this down to women negotiating. 7% attempt to negotiate compared to 57% of men. Mm. That is startling. Mm. I mean, I was, you know, just really flabbergasted. So let's say you have a salary of 100,000 and a man negotiates 107,000. Think about that, $7,000 more, you're doing the same work. Do you know how long it would take you to be as wealthy as that person? It would take you eight years longer because that's money that you have lost at the bottom line. So it's not just money for today, you need to think about your retirement. Where, you know, whether it's a few years or longer years. And a lot of women that we're speaking to today are at their mid-level careers. So something to think about, ladies. Okay. So with that as a backdrop, Risa, I wanted to ask you now, I know you know some mistakes that people make when they go into negotiating. What are some of the things that you have heard that people say when they think they're going in there and negotiate their salary? What are some of the mistakes they have made? Well, first of all, if I could just take a moment to catch my breath and get over being depressed on those statistics, I mean, and I'm just as guilty because 
I, I think it takes, you know, a certain amount of awareness and it's, it's just as a, you know, we, we talked about this in different scenarios, not to be off topic, but I'm just going to just back it up a little bit because the, the crime, if you will, is that we're not taught about money in the younger years, like in school, you know, the only thing I remember learning about personal finance, I do remember a class on how to write a check. I don't know what grade that was, maybe the eighth or ninth grade. I'm just, you know, that was a long time ago, but I can physically see that check that, you know, they taught us how to write. And it was really interesting. And I say that because in my uh, current job, for example, I have received some checks and I'm, I used to be, I'm gonna use the word horrified, but I used to be surprised that people didn't know how to write a check. And again, there's that conversation about not making assumptions. And to your point about not negotiating or negotiating well, number one, we're, we're not taught, we're not taught about income. You know, a job is advertised at X dollars, for example, and people feel like when they walk in, well, that's what they advertised it for. So that must be what I can get. I feel like there are no differences in pay made for say education, years of experience, or that type of thing. And to me, those are things that can and should be negotiated. But usually when having a conversation about pay, first of all, you know, when I'm interviewing, it seldom comes up because I'm telling you what you can make. This is what we are offering as a hiring manager because, you know, I'm, I'm representing the company. So I say the position is offered at X, you know, these are the benefits, but usually when people have said anything, it's about, I need more money because I have four kids or I need to buy a car or whatever reason has absolutely nothing to do with A, the job and B, definitely not the company. So when people come in and they ask for more money and, and they, they, first of all, again, they seldom do it and that's men or women. Now, I, on the other end of the spectrum, let me finish my sentence, I'm sorry. <laughs> when people come in and make it personal and I'm just reminding you it's not personal in this case it's definitely business and that is how you have to always couch your requests the other thing that I get is people come in just asking for off the chart money a they didn't read the job description b they have no information about the industry or what the norms are and norms okay always in quotations but Again, it's a starting place. So when people ask for astronomical dollars, I'm saying either they don't really want the job or they have an inflated sense of self-worth. So both of those, I would say, are two of the biggest mistakes that I've heard when I've been interviewing staff, new uh, potential staff that we want to hire. We always say, this is the money. If these terms are acceptable to you, you know, sign on the bottom line end of conversation right are there some other mistakes that you've run into yes great segue guess what so most people say you know they got a dollar in mind oh if i only had this much money to make or to to make this is what i could do like you said uh they have some reasons why but that's wrong that's 
The other part you mentioned was maybe they didn't read the job description. Well, let's, you know, open up the aperture a little bit further. One, <clears throat> negotiation is like an interview. And before you interview, because you are being interviewed when you're negotiating, you have to have done some pretty good research. Research is very important. You not only research about what the company is doing, what the job description is, is just the beginning. And what we're gonna talk about later is what you bring to the table. But let's say people will come in and they'll start reciting the job description to you. Well, that's not what you're hiring them for. That is one of the hardest things people have. They start even putting it in the resume, they will use a job description. That's not what the manager is hiring you for, correct? Another thing to take into consideration, now I, I will have to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. Keep in mind, because we don't know who our audience is, that there may be some different parameters, whether you're a nonprofit or a profit company, whether you're public or private. Uh, there's more latitude in a private and a for-profit company than there is for nonprofits as well as uh, public. Those are just parameters. We're not saying that these principles won't apply, but that's part of your understanding about who you're going to you know, be negotiating with, okay? You, we, you wanna know everything there is to know. You wanna know how they think. How are they going to be looking at you as to what you bring to the table, okay? The second thing is, while we want you to be very confident, but as Larissa said, you know, this overinflated uh, request for money, I think that's not confidence. I think that's something else. Overinflation, maybe your ego, or maybe you don't understand. But confidence is so important. When you come in with a sense of, I know who I am, what I can offer, and that we are going to have a conversation. And it's not just going to be one-sided. It's not just going to be you telling them you're going to, to be listening. So those are very important cues up front. And it does take practice. It does take some getting prepared. All right. So now that we've really set you up, and remember, I've already given you a couple of takeaways, researching and being prepared, right? So now we're talking about, now we're sort of getting into the numbers. You've had some chit chat about why you're there, about your performance. Um, there's two schools of thought and business schools do change over time. I'm going to suggest that you open with a specific number and an initial negotiation request. And here's why. You've done your research. So let me tell you about some of your research. And we're gonna, when this is, uh, we'll share some of the sites that you can go to, but salary.com, The Muse, Glassdoor, there are, there are different websites out there, not only for you as the employee, but they're out there for the employer as well. So it's kind of like buying a car you can get as much information as you can about what that car is, you know, including the shipping costs and truly what the book price is 
but there are going to be some hidden things there, right? And so you have to, you will have a range in mind because you're looking at what I'm willing to settle at within a certain number or what I may have to walk away from. And so while you have a range in mind, but you are really trying to set up, I am worth this. Now, when I say I'm worth this, you will start with a higher number. And the reason is because it is a negotiation after all. You have to allow who you're talking to to be able to have something that they can come back to. So your number will be higher, but it won't be outrageous. But it is something to say, this is what I think I'm worth. So I'm saying you should give a specific number, but you have worked with a range. And so now that you've given that, immediately you're going to follow up with the value that you bring to the company. So Risa, please tell us how are some of the ways that people can toot their horn? And I call it uh, setting up the I love me. Because you know what? If you can't say why I love myself, you're not going to be able to toot your horn. So what do you think about that? <laughs> well, first of all, there's a lot to unpack there. And actually, as I'm listening, and we should really, I think, specify this uh, a bit because I think there are negotiation tactics, if you will, and maybe you, you can tell me if there's not, but I'm thinking there might be some differences of, to some degree, uh, negotiation at hiring versus negotiation at time of, you know, your annual performance evaluations slash raise. We hope there's a raise involved. And uh, what I want to say is, to your point about- and you're right, you're right. Okay, so we probably want to lay that out just a little bit but still, it all involves the research and it all involves in knowing your worth. It's just, I think the examples that you give may be different. So let's, let's just speak to it for a second. If you are uh, at the hiring process, so you do have a track record unless you, you know, you're fresh out of college and then that's different. You will have to have some different examples of how you can show value to the company. And that's really what it's, it, it really is, is it being able to clearly explain, describe, demonstrate your track record of performance. So again, because what I said, the, the interviewer, and I'm putting this in parentheses, visualize, you know, a successful interview E can sometimes win over a, a successful, a person who interviews better with less experience can get the job over someone who may or may not interview as well, but they're not mm, as personable. So sometimes people do hire on the like factor and how they feel like this person can be developed. So it, don't, don't feel bad if you don't come in with this huge long track record. It's again, being able to explain your value and what you can contribute to the company's bottom line. Because at the end of the day, again, as I've repeated myself, that's really all the company cares about. And so it, you can ideally put a dollar value to your contributions and that's more clearly demonstrable once you have worked for the company and you can say, I have saved X amount of dollars. I have delivered on this particular project. 
these are the results that my contributions have made. So you have dollars, you have results, and you have ideally some level of expansion or clearly delineated contributions that you can describe during the contribution. So have your dollar value, excuse me, your, you know, your request, but being able to back it up with what you have done if you're already with the company. And if you are new, just coming in the door, you still have something that you can build on. It's just how you phrase those contributions, how you can hit the ground running and why you should be paid this amount of money because of all the wonderful things that you're going to be able to do for the com company. So you, it's really, you know what? Practice. It's an uncomfortable situation. Nobody likes talking about money. We certainly don't like talking about money when there's a lot, lot at stake. You know, there's a lot on the line. So I'm a great believer in note-taking, making lists. So you have your, you know, what is it called? I don't know, you, you just two columns, you know, what is the best case, what is the worst case, but clearly being able to explain what and why, and essentially the impact on the bottom line. That's really, that's those I think are really the most crucial factors is monetizing your contributions verbally so that they can see your worth and it makes sense. At the end of the day, it certainly shows your thought process that you are solution oriented and that how you can, um, your communication and how you lay out these points it's a win situation, you've, you've grown and you, ideally you're gonna walk away with a higher dollar value. So I think it's worth taking the time to definitely write this out and practice it in the mirror or with someone else who you are comfortable and you're not tripping over your words sounding unsure. Because if there's one place you want to act as if, that's when you're negotiating for money. Be confident in your presentation, know your worth. And maybe saying it out loud, that's just a reminder to yourself what you have done or what you can do. So don't forget, you got this. You are worth it. Just know your numbers and the whys behind your numbers. So I hope that answered your question a little bit. I may have gone on a teeny bit of a rant. No, actually you did very good. Um, I appreciate that. And I hope uh, our audience was able to uh, delineate because you delineate two things. And I want to make that clear. You know, there's the situation where you are looking for a job, it's a new company and you're negotiating salary. And then there's the situation where you're in a company and you're negotiating salary, where they're giving you performance feedback. And so I just want to hit a little bit more on the performance feedback session when you're negotiating salary increase, because that's what we're talking about, an increase, okay? Or at least that's what I'm going to specify at this point. A lot of times, both the employer and the employee, they know each other well. And the compliments may be very good. Oh, you're a great employee. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. Have you heard that one? I've heard that one many times and that's good. But you know, there was this movie, everybody see the movie, show me the money. Mm. So with that being said, I wanna go back to the numbers. Larissa was very specific and I wanna, so one of the things that um, doing your research and I, I wanna footstomp this, 
um, whether it's bullets or an outline. It is so, it's really important that you say, not only did I do this, that's your contribution, but how did, you know, what your action was and what the results. It's kind of a tool, contribution, action, and results. Outline that, okay? And when you're having that conversation, you have somehow come up with this formula of what you think your increase should be. And sometimes you want, you want to be really specific about your numbers because there is a range that the employer is looking at as well. And sometimes there, you know, somebody will say a 5% increase. Well, guess what? That depends on where that increase is. Percentages aren't always what they're, what they're, Head out to be. So this sounds a little complicated, but I've seen it where employers have different ways they can compensate you. So you want to understand how you're being compensated. And so I want to say, let's say you're in the negotiation. You might have to think about what are some other things that are important to you? Maybe you're listed as an administrative assistant when in fact you are running the office. You can monetize that or uh, maybe you need to start with a title change. Title change, titles are important. I've been in a situation once where I had a job that I was actually running the office. I was actually the deputy in the office and it took working with an overall reorganization structure to elevate my title from one category to a different category so that it was clear what I was actually doing. So that you wanna be sure, you know, that's just one thing you can do. Uh, sometimes money is not the overall motivator. It might be just a title change in recognition. Another thing, um, but money is always good. So, you know, we probably want both the title and the money, right? So that, keep in mind, is still negotiations. And I want to also... You know, here's the downside, like Larissa said, you know what, this isn't comfortable. And you may have caught your employer off guard. And it may be that the employer's kind of just kind of off base and gives you some number that you really just can't deal with. Meaning, at least psychologically, that you know you're better. And, you know, you might have to consider, really you should consider before you go in, what if, the what ifs, if it's something that you really would not be satisfied with. Now that, and I think this could happen in both areas. One, it could happen if you really come into a new organization, but it could also happen where you are in the company and you're not getting compensated fairly. Maybe they won't bring you up to what Billy Bob makes, but at least they've got to acknowledge you somehow. And if in fact, they can't, or if they say, well, we have to come talk about this another time, be sure that you make sure there is another time. You need to say, okay, and when can I come talk to you? All right. The other thing you might have to consider is that you may have to look within the company. Okay, I need to go and work. You know, I've done my good deed here. It's a way of speaking. I had a situation 
where I wasn't being adequately compensated. I had done what the next level up was, but I wasn't compensated. So what I did is I went to the boss and said, you know, I'd like to talk, I've done this, and I would like to move. And that was the best thing I could have done. That uh, person, for whatever reason, within three weeks, I had a new job. It was in a job that I did have more status. And again, it was the best thing that could have happened. So when we're talking about negotiating salary and negotiating with the emphasis, like you mean it, this can't be half-hearted. This is not for the thin skin. Remember, ladies, and if we just happen to have some gentlemen listening to, because it happens to others, but again, we're talking mostly to women, that you have to be thick-skinned enough to be able to know what you are going to be comfortable with because you may not be comfortable okay i've stuck my neck out and now i didn't get what i thought i was going to get or what i was hoping to get are you going to settle for that or are you going to put yourself in a position that's going to benefit you in career progression and just self-satisfaction. So, um, Larissa, I think there's some other things about other things that you could be compensated with. Would you like to share any that you're aware of? You know, I'm a bad listener because I'm thinking of all these horror stories that I, I feel like I have to share. So I wanted to point out a couple of, I'm calling them negotiations, if you will. I was making, I was, I made a career change. And by that, I meant I switched from one industry into a new industry. And so I kind of started at the entry level, if you will. I actually came in as a temp uh, before I was promoted. And what happened was I was, in, I was being interviewed by, I don't know what, what his title was. I was being interviewed by one person. And during that interview, he called in the VP to, I don't know, to, to, to sit in on the interview. And as it just so happens that, um, you know, I was offered the job, but what happened was this VP, for example, had a conversation with me where he essentially promised me the sun, the moon and the stars if I worked under him versus working under this other person. Under startling conditions for the uh, uninitiated, I'll just say. And, and, I, and I'm just talking about the work, uh, work environment. It was not something that uh, my delicate sensibilities had been used to. So anywho, this VP, you know, said, you know, if you work under me, I will mentor you, I will help you. I will, you know, you will move up and do all these wonderful things. And so because I was not excited about the neighborhood, if you will, the place where I was working, I said, well, can I think about it over the weekend? And, you know, I, I actually had a talk with you, Cecilia. I don't know if you remember, that was many moons ago, but I did go back in that Monday to, to say, okay, this is what I understood you to say. And if these are the terms and I, you know, I'm, I accept. Well, he said, oh no, I didn't say that. He backtracked so fast. He probably could have fell over his desk if he just wasn't so busy fast talking. Wow. And I actually told him that I said, trust is important to me. Right. And if you, told me these things and now you're backtracking to say, you know, you didn't say them. I don't think we can work together. Mm 
Yes. Yes. So being able to say no is actually a very strong tool that frankly, I don't use that often, but I was proud of myself for standing okay. up for myself right. because I'm like, okay, you're just going to lie to me. That was like two days ago and you have amnesia. You don't think you said all these things when I know my ears are working perfectly fine, just to be a little bit frank. So that was one situation where I was, um, I was proud of myself for saying no. And we don't say no often enough, right? Very good. Thanks for sharing that. So that was one of the challenges. It's all part of the whole picture. And to the point, I'm actually going to answer the question. How about that? About what you can also ask for. Again, we, we want you to show me the money because we need it. We have bills to pay. We have a family. We have whatever goals and dreams. These are things that we're keeping to ourselves. But we're asking for this dollar value because we, we earned it. And maybe to some degree, we might actually need it or certainly want it. But if you cannot always get the maximum dollars that you want, hopefully you got at least some of the money. And if someone's being honest, maybe it's a small company, maybe the numbers aren't there and it's very possible, but they do want to keep you. Either you can bring this up or the, <clears throat> I don't know, manager can bring it up. And let's just say, for example, you're, you're coming into the company and you have a dollar value in mind, maybe it was advertised at this, maybe you got a little bump over that. But say the job that you're leaving, you know, provided more vacation than this new job, ask for more vacation time. You know, that time off for that mental health, that is crucial. So if you can get more negotiation, uh, more negotiation, more vacation time, or keep at least what you, you know, you left your previous job for, that's a win. Maybe if you want to be able to telecommute, or company car or whatever other perk there is. These are other enhancements that make, make the job more palatable, if you will. And it certainly serves as another negotiation benchmark for the next time around. So ask for more vacation, ask for telecommunication, ask for, you know, like I said, a company car or any other thing. And of course the title change because titles are important but you have to realize that titles mean different things to different companies. So just because the same words are there. If you read the job description, for example, they might not always be the same. So again, titles, benefits, and other things besides the greenback are definitely within the realm of things that you can negotiate for. So what is that? One, two, three, four things that you want to keep in mind, at least five things, because your value, you're worth what you're bringing to the table. So those are like five things. I hope I counted that right. Very good, very good. So, you know, I think if nothing else, this conversation will make people think. I mean, just, you know, just think about it gave us, okay, what we need to do, but sometimes, you know, we need to reflect back on what we didn't do, right? And that is, um, when I say what we didn't do or what didn't happen is probably a better way of saying it. You know, sometimes those horror stories, you know, we want to bury them, but you know what? That's what makes you stronger. That's what makes you get through the next hurdle. That's what makes you, oh, I left this on the table. I won't leave that on the table this time. It is so important to, it's what you, your value is what you bring to the table in terms of how you are going to support the mission. How do you support the company? How do you 
bring growth. And guess what? When you can tell your employer or manager, whoever it is you're negotiating with, that it's not only about you, but also that you benefit the company because you're going to help others do the same thing. And when they can see how confident you are and that it is something worthwhile that they should think about, that builds you up both as a person, both what you want to strive to do in your career. So, you know, you may need that extra money to buy a car, but at the end of the day, it's really worth more than that because you are going to be growing. You are going to be contributing. You are going to be an example to someone else in the company. So I think um, when we talk about this topic, it brings out all those things. The other thing that... Um, as a reminder, one of the tools that I've often shared, and you know, I've even tried to do it myself, it's not easy to do. The I love me kind of space is you should, you know, Excel spreadsheet, a Word document. Every time you do something that you thought was a good thing, you should write it down. You know, do it, you know, take stock of what you did for the month. Try to do it at the end of the week, whatever makes it work for you. But that will make it easier when you go in to have a negotiation about your salary. Perhaps um, salary has been stagnant for a while because of, I, I don't know, depends on you know what's going on at the company. Um, maybe everybody's salary. But you know what? Every now and then, there, there are ways that companies can give bonuses. And so don't let anybody ever tell you that they can't do something. Keep in mind, you don't shut down in the negotiation. You still leave it out there that one, you are who, what you said, what you have done, but also that you're going to continue to do it because someone just may remember, oh, you know what? We got this special pot of money and wow, they did this back then, or maybe, you know, they did this, they told us about it. We didn't even know about it, but I'm so glad they did. And we can go give that person a bonus. So that's another way to get some kind of compensation while it may not be a salary increase, but it does help, you know, with your bottom line. Um, so keep remembering that you bring value that you do have to let others know what you did. Most of us don't do that. We just kind of sit back and we do good work, but you've got to find a way to bring that out. Because in a way, you are always interviewing. You really are, in a way, always negotiating without even realizing that you are. And this is something that you sort of learn late in life sometimes, but some people learn it very early. They're always... now. And, and let me make this hurry up disclaimer. You also have those people who look like they're always looking for a pay raise. And they haven't hardly done anything. That is not what I'm talking about. So let me hurry up and scoot that out of the way. Don't be that person. You are the person that is really have, you know, that really has a lot to offer uh, and probably offering sometimes maybe more than your counterparts. So that's what we're talking about. And as I said earlier in this uh, discussion. Remember, the amount of money that you make, nobody wants to talk about Social Security, but it will affect your Social Security. It will re 
you know, affect your retirement savings. And guess what? On a daily basis, it does in fact affect your quality of life. So that is all that I wanted to say about this because I think we've given you a lot to say, oh my, I've got to now go out there and really get ready for the next performance review. Or really, maybe you've been thinking about that new job and now we've given you some things to think about. Larissa, would you like to add anything else? Well, as I was, again, listening, I'm thinking of three more podcasts that we need to have. We probably definitely need to do on do one on retirement planning. But I know that we've been a little bit wordy today, so I do want to kind of wrap this up a little bit. And I will just kind of remind you about a, a few things because they are worth repeating. Number one, when you are in the job or interviewing, you definitely want to do your research. If you're already in the job, you want to keep a record of your accomplishments. I, some years ago, I thought I had mentioned in a previous podcast, maybe not, but I did have a conversation with a manager who reminded me to keep an I love me file. And I literally had a manila folder in my drawer where, you know, every time I got a uh, letter of commendation, recommendation, a thank you card, or, you know, a good email saying, you know, you've done something wonderful. You know, I popped it into that folder. And so when it was time for my evaluation, it was easier, not ever, never easy, easy for me to write my, you know, the self-evaluation. So I was able to point out some things. Oh, by the way, in case you forgot, look at all these wonderful things I did for you guys. Um, I know that sounds a little flip, but it's not. But the other thing- well, was, they do forget, so that's a good point. And I tell my managers when I do their evaluations, I said, you need to keep a list. I don't, you know, don't, don't let me forget to call something out on your evaluation. So you also in charge of your career, it's up to you to remember the wonderful things that you've done. So I don't have a manila folder right now, but I do, you know, technology. I just have a folder on my computer where I pop these things into so that I am prepared for my evaluation so that I can say, by the way, these are the wonderful things that I did, don't forget. So not to imply that I've got this all down pat, but these are important steps that you can take to better control your future, your financial future. And when you're working for someone else, and we didn't even talk about negotiation between businesses. My gosh, how many, I've, I've, I've created five podcasts coming up, but I do want you to just have some intention, some be intentional about your documentation, record keeping, and knowledge and how to articulate your value. And I also want to just kind of wrap it up with, we talked about, you know, interviewing for, what do we talk about? We talked about negotiating for interviews, negotiation for annual evaluations. So see, reminded us that bonuses are also a negotiation point, which I may be kicking myself right about now. But the one thing that we did not talk about because we don't like to talk about it, sometimes you also have some negotiation opportunity sometimes with severance packages. Now, when you are leaving the company and they say this, these are, you know, we're gonna give you, we're gonna pay you for, I don't know, a month or three weeks or two weeks, ask, well, I've been here X amount of time and I have contributed such and such and so forth. I would like six weeks or whatever. I mean, I'm just saying, the, only, the worst they can say is no, I mean, you're already on your way out the door, but, um, or maybe, you know, you, I don't know, stock options, whatever the negotiation happens to be on the table, 
bump it up a little bit because you have the backup of what your contributions have been. So those are actually four scenarios that you need to pay a bit more attention so that you can negotiate more favorable terms to the bottom line and you can come out ahead because again, we said way at the beginning, which was a little while ago, you know, we talked about uh, if you don't ask for the money up front, then you are always playing catch up. So clear your throat, grab your pen, write it down so you can negotiate like Machiavelli and win and not be a bad guy because you've backed it up. So I think those are all my reminders that I want to present and Last call for you, Cece? No, I think we'll call it done. Oh, just, oh, well, let me just throw out salary.com, Glassdoor, The Muse, um, even going on to US Bureau of Labor Statistics. There are many ways, places to research dollars, what you're worth. Uh, what other businesses are looking at. Even There's even one called She Negotiates. Oh. So th those are all tools people don't use, but by all means, explore who you are and what you're worth. Those are some good reminders. Those are like key websites we didn't mention. So I'm hopefully I will put those in the description so you can do some homework. Now that you are informed and ready to fire off your big ask. Thanks so much for your time. We've been really excited to have you here because this was a really juicy topic and I'm so glad that we took some time to flesh this out a bit for you. I hope that you have found it valuable. Please, if you have any questions, do feel free to shoot us a little message or uh, comments are welcome, positive. And remember to subscribe to our podcast because we do publish every Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. I just want to let you know that this episode was brought to you by Pink Passport Society, a membership community for women entrepreneurs and for leadership coaching by Cecilia Benford. Please visit leadership coaching mentoring connections.com. Thank you so much.